Resuming Nerd World Order Broadcast Dynaphones connected Initiating broadcast signal in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, this is the Nerd World Order broadcast. I am the man that you call Dukes, and to my right, here comes the... Booyah! What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Joe. What's good? And to my other, other right, coming straight out of Krakoa, weighing in at 187 adamantium lace pounds, Alfonso X-Man Flores. Because I'm the best there is at what I do, and what I do isn't very nice, bub. Welcome to this episode of the Nerd World Order broadcast. The Nerd World Order broadcast is the official podcast of the Nerd World Order community. We've got a lot to talk about today, so let's get right into it. Let's talk about something that's a little bit sad. Uh, X-Men, I'll let you take it from here. Um, what do you want to talk about? Well, uh... It's been a tough month so far. I mean, we lost a couple of great ones, and as of, uh, I think, today, yet another. So uh, right now, I mean, I'd suggest you just lock up your comedians because we're, we're losing the good ones. Um, Betty White, she was on TV for over 80 years. You know, most of our generation know her best from the Golden Girls. She was amazing. I mean, one of the best people ever. You know, she even, you know, on, on any uh, talk show she was on or, Anybody who worked with her, you know, Ryan Reynolds, they, everybody has such great things to say about her. They, you know, she's been in movies, uh, you know, she's basically like a Stan Lee in a lot of movies, you know, making that, dropping in and dropping the knowledge, um, dropping the funny, really. So we lost her um, and we lost another one, a great one today, Bob Saget. Uh, a lot of people know him best as Danny Tanner. Um, he was America's dad from Full House. Uh, America's single dad, which is <laughs> common nowadays. Um, and from then he went on to uh, America's Got Talent, you know, uh, or not America's Got Talent, America's Funniest Home Video, which was basically what YouTube is now, you know. They would, you know, gather all the funny videos, people would send them in, you know, it'd make us laugh. And uh, he, was, he was a really great comedian. He was funny. I don't know if anybody ever really watched any of his stand-up, but man, his stand-up was what they call blue, um, a blue, <laughs> blue stand-up comedy. He was really raunchy. And it's funny because you see him, you know him as Danny Tanner, and all of a sudden it's just like, wow, that just came out of his mouth. Wow. I mean, the shock value was amazing. He was hilarious. I'm sure you guys saw him on Entourage. He was the neighbor. He was a lot of fun, man, and we're going to miss him both. Well, X-Men, uh, thank you for you know, taking a moment to you know, just remind us of, of the great things about both of those uh, comedic greats as well as actors and actresses. As actors and actresses go, I just want to throw out a shout out to Sidney Poitier, also passing away around the same time as uh, Betty and Bob. And it's definitely a loss. Uh but I hope all three of them rest in power. 
Okay, guys, let's crank it up. Let's get the energy going. Let's talk about Star Wars' newest contribution, The Book of Boba Fett. X-Man, what are you thinking? I'll take the helm on this one. Um, I liked it. I, I really did. I mean, it's not quite what we wanted to see, whereas, you know, we all thought we were going to get the bounty hunter who's now in charge and shoot him up, bang, bang. It's giving us a, little, uh, a lot to look at. Um, I don't know if you guys were very familiar with that show, Parks and Recreation, but there was a, an episode where uh, Patton Oswalt came on and he was doing a filibuster uh, at a public civic hall meeting or something. And he, he basically laid it out <laughs> how it was going to be. And uh, I don't know if Robert Rodriguez heard that. I mean, I mean it's common. He, he's got, Boba Fett's got to get out of that Sarlacc pit. And that's exactly how it went down. Uh, show started off like in the real time where they were at, you know, he was taking over, uh, he was taking over the whole crime syndicate, you know, Jabba the Hutt's palace where he, you know, basically killed Bib Fortuna for it. And now he's in charge. He's the crime boss. And, uh, you know, we were expecting that. We're expecting like a mob show, you know, some, some soprano stuff going on. But what we got was uh, some fever dreams. Uh, he would go into a tank. Apparently he's still really injured from climbing out of the Sarlacc pit and all his misadventures. And uh, they're putting him in that tank that they put Luke in when they, you know, they were reviving him. And he's having dreams. And he's remembering all his time after climbing out of the Sarlacc pit for the jaw was still in his armor. And uh, the sand people, you know, they, they took him in while they actually, you know, enslaved him. And uh, basically he won them over. And now he is part of their tribe. And he's learning from them, their ways. And it's kind of weird, though, because, you know, they're whooping him down and he's Boba Fett, you know, it's like, is he just the man in the armor? To your point, Alfonso, it's not the show that I was expecting. It's interesting. It's got a really slow pace. In fact, you know, when I saw that Robert Rodriguez was supposed to be the director, I was really surprised because the pacing of that first episode was just really slow. And I know that, you know, Robert Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez isn't like known for his intricate action sequences, but I didn't much care for the action sequences in the first episode. Uh, second episode, I warmed up to it a little bit. You know, that there was that sort of the, the thing I hear from people is, oh, it's kind of like dances with Tuscan Raiders, you know? I got that element. It was great to see how he learned to use the Tuscan Raider weapon and he became part of their, uh, their tribe or their society. Uh, so yeah, overall, I, I definitely think that it's growing on me. I'm not impressed with the show at all. I mean, Mandalorian was so good that my expectations on this show should have been better than a Mandalorian and it's really not doing anything for me. The show is called Bubble Fett. I look more forward to watching the Tuscan Raiders because I think that's pretty cool. They should get their own show because you really don't know anything about the Tuscan Raiders. So when you see them in previous Star Wars movies and or wherever on uh, I don't know if they were on anything other than that. The movies but you don't really know that much about them other than they go they make it sound like they go eh, eh, and then they shoot their gun right i like the fact that they're bringing their history of what the tribes are about what they're doing and some of the rituals that they do 
I'm disappointed in, you know, Boba Fett's supposed to be like this badass bounty hunter, right? Like across the galaxy, it's supposed to be dope. I mean, when I watched the first episode, we all knew how he was going to get out. I mean, it's no secret how he was going to get out of that. But like that one scene, I think it was uh, episode one where he got jumped by like some assassins. And I'm like, hmm, if the other two trolls weren't there with, I don't know, the girl from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know her character's name. If she wasn't there, he basically gets his ass kicked. You have a rocket that you're not going to use to fly away and chase the assassin. Like, I just don't get it. And you're these dudes have shields and you're just going to get beat down. And I'm like, wait, this guy's supposed to be the best bounty hunter. I mean, I get it, dude. Dude's still in a little bubble trying to get healed, but we don't know the time frame from when he has to heal himself from when he left the Tuscan Raiders. Obviously, we, we only know a little bit like what he's been doing, but you don't know the whole truth. But Mandalorian was so good that it really makes this show not appealing to me. I'm not looking forward to the next episode. I'm not hyped up out there. I'm watching it. It just doesn't motivate me at all. And I'm very disappointed because John Farrar, Farrar, I know I said the name wrong. He wrote it, right? Favreau, he wrote it. So it should be better than it is. I mean, you wrote Mandalorian as well as Dave Filoni. To me, it just, it's not doing anything for me. Joe, you got me hyped up. And let me tell you why. Because you're bringing up some really great points. But it also makes me think that there's a bigger challenge with Boba Fett compared to the Mandalorian. Now, looking at Boba Fett, I always call him a single-serving character, and that's what Star Wars is really good at, right? You have this character that's on the screen for a total of, like, eh, 90 seconds, and the Star Wars universe has created this mythos around a character that had 90 seconds on the screen. So perhaps the issue is, and let me know what you think, X, is the issue perhaps that we as Star Wars fans have elevated Mr. Fett, first name Boba, and he is just a dude, just just a man, and he can't meet those expectations. Yeah, he, he definitely has some big shoes to fill with everything that we have had gone, gone in our head since, what, Empire Strikes Back when he debuted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw him for a minute. You know, we saw him return to the Jedi, and, you know, he just got destroyed. <laughs> You know, one scene. Um, yeah, he's got he's got big shoes to fill because in our mind's eye, you know, everybody's writing their own scripts and what, whatever they want. You know, some people have read the comics and they've seen this and that, but he's he's got a big yeah, he's got a big void to fill. And um, I think I, I, I'm kind of concerned that they're doing the classic Disney thing right now, where they start off with the first two episodes a little slow, and then it gets rolling, which you know. Sometimes when you, to me, I look at these as one big movie, you know, the first part of the movie kind of sets things up and the second part of the movie, you know, and then, you know, the third act is where boom, everything happens. And it seems like, you know, a lot of the Disney shows have gone that route. Mandalorian wasn't quite the same, um, but I, I think with the book of Boba Fett, they're going that way. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I, I've watched the, each episode twice. You know, there's two episodes have already dropped. And the first time I watched it, I was thinking, you know what, this is, this is a Tuscan Raider show. You know, what, what's going on with this? And, and that was the thing that stuck out most in my head. And then when I watched it the second time, 
I'm like, you know what? They spent a lot of time in the now. It was, it was probably equal. But for some reason, when I first watched it, it seemed like it was all Tuscan Raiders, Raiders, maybe because that was the last part of it. But it was, it was pretty well balanced. And uh, in the second episode, I mean, man, we got the Hutt twins. Okay, they look really good. You know, they, they look classic Jabba the Hutt looking people. <laughs> you know, they're not CGI. Um, or if they were CGI, they were, they were made to look like, like Jabba the Hutt. Um, and then you also got that Black Wookiee. What, what was his name? Chrysanthemum or something? That guy Black, was super yeah. badass. What's and I just want to add in there, Joe. Because I've been hyping Dr. Afra for years. And he's in the Dr. Afra series, which means there's a possibility Dr. Afra will get her own show, her own movie. Seeing him, I was like, oh my, no, nah, that's not him. You know, it's, it's like when you see someone famous from across the way and yeah. you're like, nah, that's not him. That's not wait, him. wait, like that time I saw Dukes in Walmart and I had never met him before. And it was like, I see you on the internet. Exactly. <laughs> It's like when you see a Wookiee, it's the same as seeing me. It's like the same analogy. Exactly. Uh, so going off a little bit, but seeing him for me kind of made that show, you know, at least made the episode because to me, it just opens up an entire world of possibilities. And, you know, Dr. Afra, if you're not reading the Dr. Afra comic book currently being published by Marvel Comics, just imagine Indiana Jones in the star wars universe but she is a unscrupulous villain such a good show um so yeah just uh, when i saw him it just completely hyped me up for the show but here's the thing though <laughs> that show's not about dr opera or the wookie it's about boba fett and what i have a problem with is you throw that in there to get people hyped up, but I'm not hyped up on that just because to answer your question or to answer your point, so when you said do people have their expectations high for Boba Fett, I really don't at all because Mandalorian. If Mandalorian does not come out, then the expectations for Boba Fett are high. But Mandalorian was such a good TV series that you don't really care for Bubble Fett. And you know, I, I feel like because Mandalorian is out, it's Bubble Fett's story suffers from it. And the reason why Alf, Alfie thinks, you know, it's about Tuscan Raiders, because that's the only thing good coming out of that TV show is the Tuscan Raiders. That's why you think they do so much about the Tuscan Raiders, because that's the only bright point of the whole show. And you're going to have two Jabba Heads kids. I'm like, that's okay. But that doesn't hype me up either. I'm like, I've already seen this story with Jabba the Hutt. I don't need to see his kids, him fight his kids. Now, I know that they're saying that the storyline is based on the comics, and I guess that's what Boba Fett does. But, hey, don't go DC on this, right? Don't take what you want out of a story from a comic and not use its whole thing and then throw in that Wookiee from Dr. Alpha. I don't even know the name, bro. I don't read the comic, bro. Even if you told me how good it is, I don't care. Indiana Jones was okay, not enough for me to read a comic book. Star Wars is okay, but I don't feel like reading a Star Wars comic book. So, I don't know, for me, I'm just not impressed with this show. Maybe it gets better, but Mandalorian is so much better. I, I think if Mandalorian doesn't ever come out, 
maybe Boba Fett's different for me. Let me use an analogy that I'm probably going to use way too much from now on. Okay. It's Matrix analogy. Joe always says the Matrix Reloaded wasn't that good and Matrix Revolution was garbage. Okay. Because IMO, the first Matrix was just the bomb, as we all agree, right? So there's two things that are happening here, IMO. Number one, everybody loves the Mandalorian. And Boba Fett was reintroduced into the Mandalorian. So people are expecting more of the same sort of storytelling as the Mandalorian. It's like, you know, Matrix, this is kind of like Matrix Reloaded, where it's like, okay, it's the same thing, but you're not exactly getting exactly what you want. They're trying to do it a little differently. And I think because... And I agree with you in that it's not what I want, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to give them a chance to see where they're going, but it's not as good as Mandalorian. And had it not come off of the Mandalorian, had it not been introduced as sort of like, hey, after following the Mandalorian, we're going to move to the book of Boba Fett. You expect that level of action, that level of storytelling. But I think they're trying to go in a different direction and give us a different type of storytelling. Not that you're not wrong, but I just feel like they're trying to do something different. And I'm willing to take that ride and see how it goes. Jabba no bada. <laughs> but you know, hey, okay, I'm going to make a little prediction here. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but okay, so Boba Fett and the Wookiee, they kind of like side-eye each other you know are, are they are they like secretly hating each other i mean you know you might know a little bit of the past more than i do or are they like oh you're over there you're my in right now you know what if what if the wookie is going to be like i'm going to help you take out the huts from within and you know because they've worked together so well you know because they're both bounty hunters you know he mm -hmm. went and got his own bounty hunter um who's to say they haven't had missions together who's to say they didn't work well together you know, that's a past that we're going to explore as well. Maybe another fever dream. What's the timeline? I mean, what was, what, I, well, obviously this takes place kind of like, well, who knows the timeline bef before when he came out of the, from that worm's body into the Tuscan Raiders, right? Where that right. time is. But where was that? I, I don't read the comic. Duke, you probably know when that Wookiee was with the doctor. Well, you got to remember it. In Return of the Jedi, they they said Boba Fett was the most feared bounty hunter in the entire galaxy. So he's got a whole pass before Return of the Jedi, before you know, um, before A New Hope. You know, after after he found his dad's head inside that bucket helmet, and you know, he probably you know, tossed it out, threw the helmet on, gave it a new paint job, went out and became a bounty hunter. There was a whole lot going on in that time before like he got to Return of the Jedi. So he, you know, he worked with IG-88. He worked with, you know, the lizard guys, you know, whoever. And, and this big Wookiee, you know, I'm sure they've worked together before or they've worked against each other. Like, this is my bounty. No, this is my bounty. Well, let's see who gets it first. But how much of that is canon? It is canon. Everything that occurs in the Marvel comic books is canon to the uh, Star Wars universe. Okay, so when... Here's the thing. You said they has a lot... 
Bubble Fett has a lot in the comics or, the, or whatever the books or whatever. And you say he's been known to have all these bounty hunter stories and he's just the best. Well, why can't we see that? I'm sure we you will. Know, it's, no, if he's such a badass from before, I don't want to see an overweight dude. Like, dude, if Michael Jordan, who used to be, who was the, who is the GOAT, starts playing golf and becomes a professional, I'm not going to watch Michael Jordan play golf. Michael Jordan, the baseball player? I, I just, I didn't watch him play baseball. He's basketball. That's what I want to see. So if you're the best bounty hunter and you have all those amazing stories, then that's what I want to see. I want to see a younger Bubba Fett. I don't want to see this dude that's overweight, struggling to run on trains like if I was running on a train and fight these dudes where I don't even think like it's believable that you can beat those Raiders. Like, I'm not buying it. And if it wasn't Bubble Fett and you saw that overweight dude fighting on the train, Deuce and Alfie, would you believe it if he wasn't Bubble Fett? Yes, I would, my bro. And let me tell you why. Quick capping. When you watch martial arts movies, there's always some old, fat, grand master who looks like he can't kick anybody's ass and then you have these young cats, like mid-20s, who roll up on him, and he just gaffles them. When was the last time you saw an old monk on a train jumping and fighting without, and he's not running out of breath? You don't see that. You see him fighting in a dojo. I watch a lot of these Kung Fu movies, bro. They're in a dojo. They're in a forest. They're not on a train jumping from one train to the next. It's just not believable, dude. You're you're like a bounty hunter, bro. <laughs> I just like come on, dude. And then and then Alfie sent me this video on TikTok where he's like doing the little ride. I'm like, no, bro. I would I'm like, you know, banta or whatever, banta banta, whatever. It's just I I'm just I don't know, man. I'm just not. Hopefully it gets better. I mean, I'm I'm gonna continue to watch it, but I'm not hyped up at all. Okay, that Bathy's in is like super soldier serum. And and you know that Talmud he has pumped straight oxygen. To, that's why he's not running out of breath. He's got this. <laughs> he wasn't. He didn't have any of it. <laughs> so you, you know what I mean? Like you, when you when you try to be funny about something that doesn't make sense, it just that just lets <laughs> me know right there. Like it just it just it's not good. But you, you know what's strange is how much did he whoop down those those stormtroopers in in Mandalorian? Like he like. Tore him up, and he didn't even have his helmet, his blasters, everything. He had he had that that uh, Tuscan Raider stick, you know. And then, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, in, in in the Book of Boba Fett, he's you know he's surrounded by these guys, and yeah, where where was the whoop ass? That that's so that that really, you know, I I just chalk it up as like he must be really injured, and that's why he's in the tank, and he's gonna get better. I'm I'm hoping, you know. But <laughs> you just supported my argument. It's like no, he was so really, good in Mandalorian. Yeah. And, and like, what does he get hurt right after that time where he left them to where he has to use that tank? I, you know I, what I mean? I, I, like, all of this, all of this happens before he meets the Mandalorian, so he's injured and he hasn't learned to use the stick yet. Because he, that that supposedly is supposed to take off take place after Return of the Jedi because he comes out. No, no, no. What I'm saying is. When he fought those stormtroopers in the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. that happens after what we're seeing with him and 
the Tuscan Raiders. So he hasn't been trained by the Tuscan Raiders to be like full Tuscan Raider badass yet. Yes, and he, he has. has. No, he hasn't at this point. Yes, he has. No, he hasn't, Joe. Okay, so he comes out of the thing, right? Out of what thing? Out of the worm. Okay. Then okay. those little tiny things take his gear. Okay. Okay. Then he gets he gets kidnapped by the Tuscan Raiders. Right. Yeah. So all that happens before he meets that Mandalorian. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I thought you said after. No. What, oh. what I'm saying is the reason he lacks a skill that you saw in the Mandalorian is because he hasn't been trained. No, he, he he does with the Tuscan Raiders before he meets Mandalorian. That's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah, so he's but, already been trained. Right. But when he fights the people on the train, he doesn't have the same skill level as when he did when he fought the Stormtroopers with the Mandalorian because when he fought the people on the train, he wasn't fully trained yet. Wait a bro, minute. He's, Wait. A, he's a bounty hunter, bro. Oh, now, you just, now you just fall back on the bounty hunter. Uh, on oh, here, you know what your job is? Your job is to fight people, bounty hunter. Therefore, anything else you do is just garbage. Pretty Maybe. much, bro. If you're the best in the galaxy, bro, like you still have a set of skills, regardless of the Tuscan. The Tuscan Raiders don't make a better, like hella dope, to where he can just beat anybody. It doesn't work that way. Because if that was the case, he wouldn't have got his ass beat by those guards with the shield. Wait a minute. Wait. Let me let me break down the timeline for you guys real quick because I, I think we mostly got it right, but I think we're missing one thing. Okay. All right. Return of the Jedi. Knocked into the Sarlacc pit. Climbs mm -hmm. out of the Sarlacc pit. Gets the stuff by, stolen by Jawas. Jawas. Uh, he's get, he gets taken by the Tusken Raiders. He gets healed. You know he go, he learns their fighting skill. Ends up in the Mandalorian, and then after the Mandalorian is when this whole Jabba Palace thing is happening because at the end of the Mandalorian. Him and uh, Fennec went in when it took down Bib Fortuna. So now that's the now. This is after Return of the Jedi and everything. Return of the Jedi. That's when he's in power. Way after that. So he's already had all that training. Everything in the training is all flashbacks to when he came out of the Starlight Pit. That's right. all flashbacks. So right now, or the now time for that, he's he's there. It was right after Mandalorian that he took power of Boba Fett's you know, um, area. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, he fought those four guys with the shields and somehow he got messed up. That that didn't make any sense. The train. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. The train thing was before was before Mandalorian. But when he fought the four guys with the shields or six guys or whatever they were, that that was way later. And I mean, that fight compared to the fight with the stormtroopers and Mandalorian, it didn't make sense. Why? Why was he so, you know, low, lower level power? You know, he. He kicks ass, and he just he did it. He got whooped down by, you know, wannabe mercenaries. And then what's his sidekick's name again? Finnick. Finnick. Doesn't it feel like Finnick knows more what's going on than Bubba the Fat? I had a problem with that too. Like she's like telling him things, and I'm like, he should already know that. She's a master assassin. It's part I know. Of I get. Deal. I get that. But Bubba Fett's the best. If you're a bounty hunter, bro your job is to know what goes on around you. You don't rely on other people. Okay, gentlemen, I've been trying really hard not to point this out, but I'm just going to have to say it. 
the problems you guys are pointing out are simply lazy writing. The reason that she knows more than him is because we as the audience, those who aren't familiar with Star Wars, have to have a narrator to walk us through. So Boba Fett's like, hey, I don't know what's going on because I shouldn't. She's like, hold on, Fett. Let me narrate this for the audience. That's lazy writing. The reason that he got his butt kicked by the, the guys with the shield is because they needed a way to move the plot forward lazy writing it made no sense that he got his butt kicked by those guys with the shields not only that but it completely diminished his validity to joe's point as a badass like i can accept the fact that like he wasn't trained when he was on that train so he had some trouble but at that point to both of your points he kicked the ass of several stormtroopers. Like, granted, maybe stormtroopers are the best fighters in the world. But it completely diminished his overall mystique and his legend by getting his butt kicked by those guys. So, I, I, you know, I'm trying to avoid saying lazy writing, but that's what it is. Where was the translator? I'm like, bro, you're going to sit on a throne and not have a translator when you know you need one? Well, he didn't even have a rancor. Bro, it doesn't matter. He's got another droid in there. If you're going to sit in Boba Fett's lair, or I'm sorry, Jabba the Hutt's lair, you have money to get a freaking translator, and you're not going to do that? Then it's like, oh, then that one scene where they went to the mayor, and the mayor is looking at him like this. Nah, you might want to check your stats because uh, I'm not the one that's doing it. And then, now, and then I'm watching it going, wait a minute. Boba Fett doesn't even know what's going on, and Finnick doesn't know, even though she's a narrator to your point, doesn't know what's going on. I'm like, bro, you can't be like me watching your show, not knowing what's going on. Using your Michael Jordan analogy, that's something that bothered me as well, is it felt like everybody was just kind of disrespecting him. So not only is he supposed to be the baddest man on the court, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. He just took the position of basically being in charge of the mob. Yeah. But nobody's respecting him. Was he not the baddest man in the universe but five minutes ago? That yeah. really bothered me. And then the girl at the restaurant, she, dude, if Boba Fett was dope how they they're they're they paint him to be. She'd have been like, look, homie, like I know you think you're the best around here, but there's two jobbers walking around. Those are the ones I'm paying my money to. You know what I mean? And it's like they just disrespected her by not telling them anything. Like nobody's telling them anything. Even the mayor was lucky. The only reason the mayor told him, because he was like, you know, I don't need this guy after me, and I got the jobbers after me. Why don't I just make them fight each other? You know, I, I bet you after Bobo, I'm sorry, uh, Jabba the Hutt died and uh, and Bib Fortuna took over. I, I bet you, like, Bib Fortuna really didn't take over. They're just like, oh, let him hang out in Jabba's palace. Let him do whatever. He's he's not what Jabba is. And I bet you when he took power from Bib Fortuna, I mean, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, Bib Fortuna, Bib Fortuna wasn't in charge. You know, he wasn't Jabba the Hutt. So... You know, he he doesn't realize that he's got to start over. You know, he's got to start over and he's got to take over everything the way Jabba was running it. 
you know, and sadly, this kind of mob mentality, you don't get with, you don't get with respect, you get with fear, you get your respect from fear, you know, I mean, what is with Disney not doing the mafia goodness, you know, <laughs> not, not goodness, but doing them, doing them right, you know, they messed up the kingpin, and now they're messing up Boba Fett, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still, I'm still thinking it's going to be good, I'm thinking there's going to be a big turn, you know, I'm not, I'm not like really down on it. But yeah, there are some there are some things that make you go, hmm, you know. No, it does not. Right I, now, you speak in a roller coaster ride. Alan always uses analogy. It's a roller coaster ride for me. Basically, I'm sitting in that roller coaster and my seat's not my seatbelt's not pushing down. And I'm like, I don't know, because I feel you know how you push it down. And I'm like, is it gonna go down any further or am I gonna fly out of this roller coaster? And that's what it feels right now. I can't lock it in a place where I'm going to say, hey, I'm ready to enjoy this roller coaster ride. It's just not. I'm sliding, I'm moving around, and I'm like, I need to get out. I think I'm going to die. I'm just not sold on these two episodes. It, it, Dude, the first two episodes of Mandalorian, it was so good. And I'm like, it just... Dude, I don't know. Like, I'm, I don't know. I'm looking at you guys on the same roller coaster. Dukes is next to me. Alfie's behind me. And I'm like, bro, we need to get the hell out of here, bro. Because I think we're going to fly out of this. Three big dudes in a roller coaster ride. I don't think it's locking us into place. Your, <laughs> your analogy is so perfect, man. I'm willing to give it a try, though. I think there's going to be a big loop to loop here shortly. Mm-hmm. And we're going to love this roller coaster. I'm going to give it a chance. So let me ask you guys a question. What do you think they could do in the next few episodes? Because you, we've had a discussion. You can check it out in our later episodes. We talked about Hawkeye and the Willow Coaster Ride and how good episodes three, four, and five was. And it was a letdown for episode six. So now my next question is, do you think Bubba Fett will do the same thing? And what do you think they need to do to bring it back? Well, he's got a... I mean, he's got to take down the Fet, or not the Fets, the Huts, right? And apparently, he's got to get permission from somebody. And and you know, the biggest problem right now is, you know, when those Huts came out, they only had the guys carrying them. They had one person defending them, and that was that big Wookie. What was his? What's his name again? It's Black Kardashian. <laughs> no wonder he sucks. Black <laughs> no wonder the show is bad. We got a Kardashian in there. You know what, what kind of army are they rolling with? They they got one Wookiee. You know, I'm sure they got more. I'm sure they got more, but you know, they need like 20 guy, 20 million guys just to carry them around. Um, but but here's the thing though, Alfie. What he didn't even they didn't like to your point, they didn't have that many guarding the jobless. If I'm Boba Fett, I'm like, why don't I just kill him right now? What why what is the point for him to, to them to let them live if they're already trying to kill them? So basically, like, bro. If it was me, and I'm the best bounty hunter, and I see in front of the two people that were trying to kill me, and I'm dope as hell, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, but you can't just kill a mob boss. You kill a mob boss, everybody comes gunning for you. You have to get permission. You, there's, a, there's a proper chain to go through whenever you want to take down a mob boss, or even a low-level mob, bo- mob boss, or somebody who's gunning for mob boss uh, you know, positioning. And they have an end. They're, they're like a, you know, like a prince and princess of the mob community there, of the huts, you know. So with their status and with their stature, you know, it's come certain protocol. 
if Boba, Boba Fett goes against that protocol, he's going to have the wrath of the entire galaxy mob mafia against him, you know? So I get it. You only have two people guarding you. <laughs> that's, if, because if, they, that's all they need because they're, they're not afraid because they know nobody will take a they shot. They got one, one Wookiee, bro. And no one <laughs> even knows how badass that Wookiee is other than Dukes. That's a big Wookiee. So basically, it's like this. I'm going to tell you this, Alan. When I was a young little chat, I was like 10 years old, bro. I didn't really sell. I didn't really go around throwing newspapers. I didn't have no paper run throwing on the doors. What I had to do is I had to go and had to go knock on everyone's door and say, hey, I'm a little kid from Union Tribune. If I saw so many of these newspapers, I can go to Disneyland. You're knocking on my door and you're trying to sell me Bubble Fed and I'm not interested. What do you think they can do to make me interested? I really don't think they've established a story yet. And until they do that, I can't really answer that question. However, I would like to ask both of you a question. Name two good Robert Rodriguez movies that do not include Quentin Tarantino as a co-director. I'm biased because... um... I like Sama Hayek, but Desperado. Okay, that's one. Wait, once a time, once upon a time, and, Mexico was was that dual directed? That, that's that's rehash. That's the same movie. And, same movie. Um, <laughs> same with. And uh, again, I'm biased. I'm biased again because um, Dust Till Dawn because it has Sama Hayek. It's yeah. co-directed with Tarantino. Yeah, but maybe yeah. Sama Hayek needs to be in Boba Fett. Maybe I like it then. <laughs> it, she didn't fix Eternals. No, she and did I not. Because they killed her. That's why. I would say spoiler, but who's going to watch that movie anyways? It comes out for <laughs> Disney Plus tomorrow. Wait, Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm going to I'm gonna ignore it for free, too. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I, I guess my point there is just Robert Rodriguez is not as great as people would make him out to be. Uh, therefore, his addition probably didn't add much to the overall uh, production of the show. You know, he had he had one good episode that he gave us in The Mandalorian. But overall, he's just not that great. I mean, look at what he did when he touched the Aliens franchise. You don't remember because that Aliens movie sucked. Yeah, but I mean, granted, like they could do something when they direct it, but it's the writing, too. I'm like, bro, like if I give you a crappy ass uh, script, bro, and you're going to look at me like, well, I'm going to do the best that I can do with what I got. Right. I mean, John, ultimately, it's John. He's the one that's writing it. He could do better. You know, you know, one thing about this show, it's kind of taking a little bit slower pace than what we're used to in these, you know, advanced years of our lives. (laughs) Um, If you look at the movie, doesn't it, or not the movie, but the show, doesn't it kind of remind you of like those late 70s, early 80s TV shows or movies? It has the kind of pacing like that. And I think that's kind of what they're going for. They're going for that nostalgia. And I mean, some people dig it, some people don't. I still, I'm holding out for hope. I I don't doubt that this is going to, like, it's going to pay off. It is. Just, just hang in there. I don't know. Like, I, I one of my clerks at work, she's a huge Star Wars fan, and she's super disappointed in this. And she was looking forward to this one for a long time. So you have a hardcore Star Wars fan that's disappointed, and a mediocre one in me that's disappointed. You know what I mean? Like, 
the, the hype is not there. They hyped it up and the hype is not there. You have like, how many episodes is it, Deuce? Is it six or eight? See, you don't even know. Like, we don't care. Like, no one, you know, so it's like, this is say six episodes, two went down. So you're telling me the next four episodes are going to be better? What if it doesn't? What if episode three comes out and it's just as slow? I mean, granted, the, the second episode was better. So it's, it's so when they get an extra an extra one as opposed to six, you know, it's, then the rest, uh, what, you need one, one more episode to bore me? So, I mean, I'm still going to watch it. But again, I'm like, honestly, is any of us looking forward to other, you know, I'm not looking forward to it. It's free. So I guess it's cool. How are you guys getting this free Disney Plus? <laughs> well, we pay for it, but it's, you know what I mean? Dude, I think it's free. Like, <laughs> you know, we ain't got to go to a movie theater to pay to watch it, I guess is what, is what I mean. Okay. I got you. I was like, these fools got free Disney Plus. I'm for it every month. <laughs> no, no, I'll be paying for that, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you're bringing up some good points, Joe, but I think I'll speak for myself. I'm giving this show an opportunity because Disney is normally starting off slow slow with their shows, and I think this show will follow that same, same slow pace, and it's going to be good in the end. Yeah, I, I agree. When, since when does Star Wars ever disappoint? <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> I tried to say that with a straight face. I tried. I tried. That's why. You, you can't, I mean, bro. This isn't Star Wars. This isn't. This isn't. This isn't the Skywalker saga. Okay. Um. You know, I. Man, I want it. I, I guess I just want it so bad that I'm willing it to be good. And there you go. It sucks, but we're giving it a chance. You know, I'd be more. I'm more inclined to watch Mandalorian season one over again than to watch the two episodes that I just seen so far, or give me a Tuscan Raider show. I'm cool with that. Well, they are giving us a Tuscan Raider show. They just, yeah. they're, they're, they're trying to hide it under the name Boba Fett, right? but still. Yeah. I mean, that's the only bright point that I see from that other than the Wookiee. I mean, he does look badass, but other than that, I'm like, I'm not really looking forward to other than, than seeing more of the Wookiee and, and Tuscans. You know, you know, one thing I was, I was, uh, when I was rewatching him, I'm like, you know, that, that one Tuscan Raider that's, that's whooping him down all the time and teaching him. I'm like, that's a girl Tuscan Raider. Cause I was looking at the smaller hands, the frame of the body. And, and I'm like, babe, babe, tell my wife, look, look, that's, oh man, is that going to be a love interest? Are we going to see a love interest with a female Tuscan Raider? And then, you know, that's what I was hoping for. And then all of a sudden, like, I think, what, day before yesterday, they released who was the actress playing or, or you know, the Tuscan Raider. And it's it's uh, a female stunt woman. And it's cool. It's cool because, like, you know, you start, you see that character, that character is so badass, whooping down, hit left and right. And, you know, you don't, you're not thinking man or woman, you know. That's, that's one good thing about society nowadays. You're not. But then as, after I was dissecting a little bit, I'm like, oh, oh, maybe a possible love interest. Hmm, we'll see. I don't see a love interest coming out of that. I agree with you 110%. I like when producers and studios look at a role and they say, why has it got to be a guy? Right. You know, you know, it's just, it's progression. And I really love that. I love that progression. I Like, I feel 
females can be strong leads and characters without having to force it on you, right? I think we've talked about this numerous of times. Like, you know, she's a female, and she's just badass. Like, it's not even forced. Like, when she kicks, you know, Bubba's ass, I'm not sitting there going, I don't believe it because she's so dope. You know, and, and I'm with it. I'm with, like, with you, Alan. I'm with it. I love that. Are you ready to join Cobra Kai? Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai. I don't know much about, well, obviously, I saw Karate Kid. It's weird, because as I was watching Karate Kid, Duchess was saying, like, oh, well, this is this character's from Karate Kid 3. And then my son's like, nah, that's Karate Kid 2. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't remember any of this. And I was just trying to remind everybody, which I'll remind you, that the greatest Karate Kid was Jaden Smith. Okay, I'll give you the fact that Jaden Smith was a better martial artist than than uh, Ralph Macchio, but man, I, I that movie wasn't good. <laughs> you you dare insult the great Jackie Chan? Are you telling me Jackie Chan ever made a bad movie? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that is tough because Jackie Chan is man. I don't know. I don't know, man. It, yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> You know, that's one of those movies where it should have been the perfect storm. Granted, Jaden Smith, nobody likes the kid. Uh, he, he could make like an Oscar performance and people would still be like, oh, that sucks because it's Jaden Smith. But yeah. you have Jackie Chan as Mr. Miyagi. How perfect is that? It's dope, dude. And the movie just didn't deliver. You think it'd be, it seemed because they were in China, right? So, you know, like in the rest of them was just like, I mean, because uh, <laughs> he's black and you actually, <laughs> you know what I mean, dude? If you were, if we're being real, like they weren't white, maybe, and they weren't in the suburbs learning karate, bro, where they actually learn it and like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, you know, I don't know, man. Yeah. I just don't know, man. I do not know either, uh, but I created a tangent, a variant, if you will. <laughs> Here comes the TVA. <laughs> I did not watch the first three seasons of Cobra Kai, so I don't feel like I am really qualified to, you know, talk about, you know, well, this is better than these other seasons. So I'll let you gentlemen jump in and give your perspective on how this compares to one, two, and three. So basically, Alan, let me just do a recap for you. Because <laughs> we did a podcast on this one. I think when the they were out two seasons, I think, by then. I think we talked to, we, we touched a little bit about those episodes. But basically, like, Ralph, they each start doing dojo, and the first two seasons had people thinking maybe, you know, like, Ralph was the bully, Right. And then Tommy was actually the good guy. You know, they painted that picture, which is good. That's a good different way to, to carry the story, to make it look like Ralph was actually a better guy or was worse than he actually was in those movies, which is okay. And I thought that was pretty cool. And then they keep bringing fan service. They bring in other, you know, characters from different, you know, different karate movies. Here's where I have a problem with. So they just finished season four. So now it's like when... Ralph got bullied, right? He learned, he learned, he learned karate. Now they have this other little kid who gets bullied and he, now he learns karate, but he becomes a bully himself. So it's like, 
it just keeps going around in a circle. Like it's the same thing. And it's to the point where I'm like, okay, we've already seen this story. You haven't cleaned up the relationship fully that I see between Tommy and Ralph. And now you're creating these younger kids that have the same dilemma. And it's, I don't know, like, are they they're just doing that just so they can create more seasons and maybe break off from that TV show to have their own series. But I'm not like the season four, I didn't, it didn't leave me like, dang, I want to watch more of it, you know, where season three it did. And the show ends with him like going to find his dad. But then you find out the real reason is he's filming Blue Beetle. And so now, now next season, he might not be in it as much. And it's just like his character for me was so much better in the first few seasons than it is in the last season four. You know, um, this show, at first it was kind of bugging me. Uh, I mean, I, I love the show. It's it's just this a nostalgia candy that I could just eat up all day long. And and I love the, oh, that's from that, that's, you know, they bring in somebody else and it's like, oh, that's from the past. And it's just like old friends, you know? Um, but it started to bother me a little bit until I really thought about it. But it started to bother me a little bit that, all right, well, this guy is the underdog. Now he's the bad guy. And this guy over here is the good guy. And now he's the bad guy. And this guy's the good guy. And now he's the bad guy. And it just, the role reversal in the show happens so much. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really starting to get on my nerves. But then, you know, you think back to high school and what it was like and you know sometimes you know as you're growing you know it's like you want to do the right thing and then sometimes i do this stupid thing because my friends are going to think it's funny and then it's like oh man that was crappy and then you try to redeem yourself and it, it it's just back and forth and and a lot of the show i mean you know it's like just one little thing and it's like oh man i i made that little mistake okay well i'm i'm gonna just go with it because i did that and then all of a sudden it's like, no, I got to get out of this. I got to, I got to do the right thing. And it just keeps going back and forth. And it, it kind of pulls at you a little bit. At first it was really bugging me. And then it's like, I remember those feelings. So it was like started it. And I mean, I, I was always a pretty decent guy. You know, I never, but you know, once in a while I'll do something stupid, you know, and I'd hurt somebody's feelings by saying something. And, you know, it's, it's kind of the same kind of thing, you know, punching them in the face, hurting their feelings, um, you know, kicking them off a second story uh, school and, and, you know, breaking their neck on the, on the rail that's wow that was that was tough but but the show's been a lot of fun you know it's you see a lot of characters you see them grow you see them fail you see them redeem themselves you see them grow it's it's a it's just a big circle like even daniel and, and uh, johnny lawrence you know they sometimes they're the good guy and sometimes they're the bad guy you know sometimes they do something stupid and it's like you know their ego gets in the way their machismo gets in the way um and then you know even crease comes in and like I don't know if you're telling, you know, you guys could tell, but in this last season, Crease is even starting to have a redemption, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> um, Terry Silver, he starts off like, ah, oh, put all that crap behind me. You know, I was, it was the 80s. I was doing coke and razzing a teenager, you know? And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? He's a bad guy again. And now he's the worst bad guy. And, and you know, you got Chosen, who's redeemed himself from, you know, episode two, or not episode two, but season, season two. The second Karate Kid. <laughs> Um, you know, when they went to Okinawa and they met up with Chosen. So it's just, it, it's just going back and forth like this. And it's kind of fun now. It, it's kind of fun. It's like, how are they going to get out of this? It's like, when are they all going to get together and be like, you know what? We're all the good guys. <laughs> so to Alfie's points, 
the redemptions. What's the point in having people go to redemptions if you renege on it? So it's like these two guys, oh, we're buddies. Let's get together. And then now they're arguing again. And then, oh, let's get together again. This <laughs> Make up your mind. Like you, you keep doing it and then you're going to go. It's you just create it. You didn't even finish another storyline before you trying to create different kind of rivals. And it's like, for me, it's like, okay, now you ended. Now, now Danny's going to be with like Chosen. Oh, Chosen. So now it's him and Chosen against, now it's going to be against, what is his, is his name? Terry? Is it Terry? Terry Silver. Terry Silver. And then now they're going to go get the other dude from Karate 3. And now they're going to be, it's just like, okay. All right. It's just, okay. And everybody, Alan, this is, dude. So like, Tommy has a son. So this dude's all through this 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 last season, bro, is anal, pissed off. He's angry. Then at the end, he sees this little kid who he's been mentoring, gets pissed off and tries to fight Danny's son because Danny's son bullied him. Now Tommy's son is trying to be good now, and it's just, are you kidding me, dude? Like it just. That's what all those seasons are, Alan. It goes back and forth without closing. Are you a good guy or a bad guy? Oh, Johnny, Tommy. Ah, Johnny, Johnny, Tommy. I don't care. Just not into the show either. It's just like, bro, it's like they don't even fix anybody's redemption fully. They end up reverting back to the way they were. It's curious that both of you were so enthusiastic about the last season right and if you went all over tiktok they were posting mad videos about it just like they did with spider-man season four they did not you know one time i remember but i think it was season three i'm like dude i was telling a friend you gotta watch cobra kai you gotta and he's like well, really is it good and i'm like no it's not good, but but it really feeds into your emotion. It, it gives you the nostalgia. I, I watch it for the nostalgia. I watch it for the callback. You know, it's it's not great. It's teen drama. You know, yeah, it's like a CW show. It, it is, it is. But for some reason, I just it it, it fills a void that is in me. I, I, again, it's not good, but I love it. <laughs> well, here's the thing: if we're talking about like Bubble Fett and how. He's supposed to be this badass. If Miyagi was still alive, he'd be so upset with Daniel. Every move he's doing. he's Every move that you see him do, you're just like, did you learn anything from Mr. Miyagi? He learned how to chop the, the bottle off the top, of, or the top of a bottle off a glass bottle. Alan, he showed Johnny some of the stuff that Miyagi was teaching him. And he just blew it out of the window. Like, he didn't care. And I'm like... I, you're not a good teacher, bro. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, you're just, let's say, let's say they did this and let's say they did that. And uh, it's just like, the, the only thing good about season four, bro, was the fight scene at the end. I mean, that was pretty cool. But that's it, though. Uh, the, the fight scene with the uh, two young ladies or the fight scene with... I mean, the uh, whole tournament at the end, it, was, it, was, it wasn't bad. It was actually pretty you th- good. You thought that was okay? For a karate kid, yeah. You know, I was telling my son, like, hey, this is going to happen. And then it would happen, and he'd be like, oh, how did you know? 
Yeah, of course, dude. I mean, <laughs> at least the fight scenes are better than the Matrix Resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will give you the fact that the martial arts in the Jaden Smith Karate Kid was a lot better than all of these put together. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. Like, I don't get how people love the Power Rangers. I love this. That's my thing. <laughs> I understand. I'm not much of a Power Ranger fan either. Plus, uh, shout out to the second best karate kid, Hillary Swank. When is she coming back? Is she? I mean, I would be more hyped up with her coming back, to be honest, than what, Chosen. What about Bad Boy too much Mike Barnes? Well, that, that's the rumor Like the, from the third one. He's supposed to be there. He's supposed to be Miguel's dad, I think. Yeah, that's what the rumor is too. But he's supposed to be the. He's probably gonna. He's probably gonna be the one that's teaming up with Terry. Yeah, he's like, I can make some calls too. Wow. Yeah, bro. Yeah, fan service. I'm like, okay, bro. Like, every... <laughs> clean that crap up, man. It's like it's like your neighbors, bro, in those shoe boxes. Yeah, Apocalypse 2018. Just clean it up. Like I I know you see it. Just clean it up. You know what I mean? You're seeing the same thing I'm seeing every day. I found Karate Kid to be okay. To me, it very much reminded me of Dragon Ball Z. You find honor, and now you're a good guy. As I was watching the show, I was like, okay, he's bad. Now he's gonna become good. Oh, this guy's bad. Now he's gonna become good. And it's all because they see the honor in Danny LaRusso. So, yeah, I'm like, hey, this is Dragon Ball Z. I can get into it. And then they were doing Street Fighter moves. Like when old boy Miguel snapped his back, I was like, son, that's that uh, Ken hurricane kick. Yeah. I, I was like, bro, you can't do that hurricane kick. But here's the thing, though. Miguel can beat everybody there. So how can we make it to where... Somebody new wins. Oh, I'm just going to have him jump up and flip and break his back. Now, the whole time when that happened, I was like, yo, Danny should go in there and do the moving his hands together. And I'm like, you're not going to do that? Like, bro, that was the best part of Karate Kid. Like, how are you not going to do that? And then what I had a problem with, too, because, like, he was showing Miguel some stuff. So Daniel trained... Miguel, and you also had Johnny training his daughter with moves, and that's how they were able to win some of the the uh, the uh, battles between the, each each of the kids. Yeah, they did the fusion. Yeah. So why couldn't that? Get, why couldn't Danny go in there and do the hand rub? You know why? Because my man said, "Screw Cobra Kai, let me do some Blue Beetle." When that injury happened, I was really expecting him to do the hand rub, and you know, right fix that. But I immediately overlooked it. You know, like when something happens, you're like, oh, this should happen. Then it doesn't happen, and you just forget about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I'm slightly disappointed again, being reminded that that didn't happen. Hey, did you guys see Hawk winning the whole thing? Did, did you guys see that coming? I I wasn't expecting that. Wasn't the whole thing was him doubting how good he is, even though he's really good. And then the girl comes, you know, his ex-girlfriend comes in and gives him a kiss and says, hey, you got this. So when that happened, I'm like, yeah, he's going to win it. I mean, yeah. it's, that's his story. But again, let's hype this guy up. Only you know, <laughs> lazy writing. <laughs> 
Yeah, based on what you're seeing, Joe, I think there was a different outcome. And somewhere in season four, they were like, oh, Miguel can't come back. Let's make it so Hawk wins. And, right. you know, because Hawk winning was just so, to Alfonso's point, it was out of left field and it didn't leave you feeling good. It was just like, okay. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they should have had Dimitri do it. I mean, you know, he was he was more of a Danielson than anybody else. I would have been okay with Alfie. Yeah. That kid's moves, like, he really upped yeah. his game. He's more of a Daniel Russo mm-hmm. than Hawk or anybody else. I mean, he looks like Daniel LaRusso when he was a kid, a little nerdy kid. Because Alan, like, he was a straight-up nerd, bro. And so was Hawk, but... He he looked more of a nerd, and it'd be. I, I was hoping he was going to end up winning because you knew Miguel wasn't going to win. Are you going to watch Cobra Kai season five all day long? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll check it out. I mean, I say if you're a man of a certain age and you love the original Karate Kid movies, I mean, it it gives you the feels. It's, it's, you know, it's a feel good kind of thing. It, it reminds you of, of the before time before you had to pay bills. Before you had to, you know, start the car. Before you had to take out the trash. Well, I guess you're still taking out trash bags, right? <laughs> before you had to bring home the bacon. You know, it was a, it was a nicer time back when you were a kid and all you had to worry about was watching Karate Kid and, and being Karate Kid. Watch it, enjoy it. Just you know, it's not good. Okay, ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the nerd world order, it's about that time. We're gonna do a little bit of pandering. You know. We had a great time here, and I hope you did. But you know what? Tell a friend. And have that friend tell another friend. Nerd World Order broadcast. You know, it gives you all the it gives you all the uh, it gives you all the news you need. It t- keeps you up on the shows, keeps you up on all the nerddom. Tell a friend, have them tell a friend, and then tell a friend, and then they tell a friend, and then everybody, everybody is part of this nerd world order. Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd Order, thank you for listening to this episode. This concludes this episode of the Nerd World Order broadcast. So until next time, I am NWO. We are NWO. Nerds redefined. Booyah!